Yo, welcome back to the Home for Anime. I am GPC, great podcaster Cali, and I am here with my besto friendo, Andrew. What is going on, brother? Uh, nothing much, but I'm excited to be back here. I feel like I need a 90s-inspired rap, hip-hop MC name so I can match your energy now. Oh, dude, no, GPC is... So, you, you have you ever heard of the <laughs> anime Great Teacher Onizuka? No, I don't think so. So, Great Teacher Onizuka is a show which, I mean, it is from the 90s, actually, so I guess you wouldn't be too far off, but <laughs> GTO is Great Teacher Onizuka, and... Oh, uh, wait, no, 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 I, sorry, I I have seen, like, clips that you shared. Yeah, yeah, so, it. Great Teacher Onizuka, and then Great Podcaster Cali. so... Okay. that That's where that came from, so I guess, you know, you could say 90s, but that... It, it, it yeah. does sound like a 90s hip-hop MC. I mean that's that's it's a vibe. Yeah. So I mean the best thing the best thing about having you on, I love having you on because you just definitely match my energy. Like you are the epitome of being a co host with no toast who is ready to jam. I am on the sidelines with my occasional quirks and comments. Love it, love it, love it. So if you and I are coming together, it's either one, any day of the week, or two, we're talking about something special. So I'm going to guess that we're talking about something special today. We are talking about something special, but the individual aspects of what this special thing is has been done over and over again, yet this movie makes it feel so refreshing. How many times have you seen a fireworks scene in an anime? Mm, more times than I'd like to count. More times than we'd like to count. I can't but, count very high. <laughs> but this one feels so refreshing and so, so nice. And honestly, a refreshing movie like this obviously needs a refreshing name. And what mm-hmm. name is more refreshing than words bubble up like soda pop? I, I can't think of any. Right. I mean, maybe if there was a... Maybe if there was a movie or a show called Water. Water. Yeah. They're like, fresh water? Oh, man, I look feel at like that. There There's water for elephants. I never saw it. I know Robert Patterson's in it. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that movie. I think, isn't Reese Witherspoon in that movie, too? I feel like she would be. Or someone Reese Witherspoon adjacent. Oh, dude, there's only one Reese Witherspoon. Come on. Okay, fair. <laughs> Come on. Legally Blonde. You you know what? You got me. I need to rewatch that. <laughs> it's been so long. Too long. Anyway, so yeah, we watched Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop, and I guess the best thing to do, as always, is to give a synopsis, which honestly, any synopsis that we try to give won't do the film justice. Yeah, because it's going to sound very like general in a sense, you know, yeah. to teenagers coming to understand who they are better, and... um Realizing they have, you know, their their ideas of love and friendship are not final and that their, you know, their potential to change is always going to be there. Right. So we have this teenage boy named Cherry who likes to write haikus mm-hmm. and he wears headphones all the time so that people don't talk to him because he has a problem with public speaking. Mm-hmm. And we have a girl named Smile who wears braces because she has buck teeth and she wears a mask because she's very self-conscious about her buck teeth 
but she's also an internet sensation. Yeah, who live streams like uh, local things happening around her and likes to like highlight things that she thinks is cute and kind of uh, gets audience participation by also having them agree with her. Yes. Isn't this vending machine cute? It was a cute vending machine, though. It was a cute vending machine. Uh, what are those little uh, red dolls at the store, like Durama, Durama yeah, dolls? Darumakas, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. But yeah. she, like early on, she's like, "Wow, aren't these cute?" When like she's walking around and exploring the mall, and then everyone in the in the chat was like, "Meh," and <laughs> she's she just like, kind of self defeatedly saying, like, "What? You don't think they're cute?" They're totally cute. They were cute. Yeah. So, Internet Sensation, and then Quiet Boy, Quiet Cherry Boy, and they, they get into this little mishap where their phones get switched, and that's how they come to meet each other. And then it's just them spending a bit of their summer together. That's, mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe the movie. But, yes, yes. And it is a bit bittersweet, too, because early on we find out that the the male lead is moving mid-August. Right. And for some reason, he just never says it. I, I think it's in character, but it is a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's just a, that's just an anime thing. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of, I'm not a fan of that. Typically, I'm not going to say I wasn't a fan of it in this movie, because you're right. That's totally within character for him. But before we do anything, you know how much I love to talk about animation. Yes. And animation in this movie is definitely, it stands out. It does. Have you, have you ever seen a movie called Lou Over the Wall? Yeah, I've, I still need to watch it. <laughs> My sister loves it, and I've seen clips and scenes from it. And it's beautiful how fluid everything feels. When I saw the first trailer for Soda Pop, the first thing that came into my mind was... Was there was there a science starter film that I didn't know was happening? Because this looks a lot like Lou Over the Wall. Mm-hmm. Is it the same studio or anything? Or? It's it's not. It's not. This is a studio that's relatively new, actually. And I, I think it's like Flying Dog. I, I I remember seeing it briefly, but that might be that might not be it. It's Sublimination and Signal MD. Okay, I don't know where the hell I got Flying Dog from. I mean, where does anyone get a flying dog from? Uh, where you get your flying pigs. Mm, so somewhere, everywhere, and nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the first thing that I thought was this looks a lot like Lou Over the Wall because Lou Over the Wall is gorgeous. It's zany. It's super out of this world, to say. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it, somehow they brought that sort of animation to a realm where, where things could actually happen. Everything in this movie is believable, and I think that's what I really like about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your shy boys, you have your outgoing girls you have you have everything that really you could see in real life and it's it's totally it's totally anime so you know there's going to be some stuff that's hyped up for dramatic effect but Mm -hmm. but nothing ever feels out of place right 
kind of like when we talked about Jose the Tiger and the Fish. It's just like that. It knows how to work in its style. Right, right. So, yeah, we have this semi-realistic romance. And it it just works. Everything works with the way that the movie is animated. I mean, I don't know. You know how much I love eyes. Mm-hmm. The eyes in this movie didn't really capture me, but there are some really cute scenes where if they're far away, they just put little dots as their eyes. <laughs> yeah. That is just adorable to me. And there's this one scene that I really love. Uh, he's he's doing a haiku talking about her and streetlights come on. Oh, I, I love uh, the lighting in this movie is amazing but those street lights they have like pentagons hexagons overlaying each other and like they're smaller and brighter i don't know how to explain you just have to watch it and watch it you should if you get nothing else out of this podcast episode watch words bubble up like soda pop on netflix can we talk about our initial response to like the movie because we talked a little bit and we both said that we only had like positive things to say. There, they didn't feel like there was much to really talk about other than this is gorgeous. Go watch it. Okay, if you want to talk about initial reactions, do you mean while I'm watching the movie or once it was over? Once it was over, like you know, thinking about letting it sit for a little bit that first day. I cried four times watching this movie. You're nodding your head, but I cried four times <laughs> watching this movie. It was That's good. That, it was that. It was that beautiful to me. It was that sweet. Sweet things make me cry. I think this is a deceivingly simple movie because it is so well made. You don't even notice a lot of the stuff that it's trying to do, which I think is really earnest and works. So, you mind if I talk a little bit about? Because um, I had to let it sit with me for a couple of days, and I, every time I think about the movie, I, I end up appreciating appreciating a lot more. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So the thing that caught me, or I found most interesting about the movie, was Cherry and his relationship to poetry, specifically the haikus that he tries to write. And to understand this movie is to understand that it is ninety minutes long, but it goes by fast. Like, it did not feel long. It's a very brisk movie, which I really like because it's trying to capture that feeling of summer. And sometimes when it's over, you know, you realize just how fast it went by. But haikus as like a poetic form tend to revel in its brevity. So they don't stick around too long, but they 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 try to capture a certain scene and feeling, usually with like a lot of seasonal references. And in terms of like the visuals in this movie and the cinematography, I think this is the best you can get to that kind of form in a in a in a visual in a visual language. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense, but I. So you're saying that the brevity and the deep impact of haikus really match the way that this movie is shown. Kind of. I think the what makes the story work are its visuals. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you have that whole wonderful scene where they're trying to get Cherry to, like, 
read aloud his poetry for once in, the, in like this waiting area in the mall. Right. And he struggles to do it. He eventually gets through it, but it's like it's not an easy process for him. You know, you see his whole face red up and everything, and he's embarrassed. But when he's done, but once he finishes performing, he essentially affirms that haiku is a written form. It doesn't need to be read out loud, that it stands on its own, right? But like the whole movie itself is like a visual haiku in certain ways, right? Because of its. Because of the atmosphere of summer that it's embodying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And so, and, and you know, a lot of what's informing his um, his words in that scene is his shyness, right? His inability to say what he wants to say, or even how to like manifest his feelings. Not not even romantically, just in the day to day. Because you have another scene later on where his father's asking him if he's mad that they're moving. And, you know, maybe angry isn't the right word in that scene because, you know, he's he, Cherry himself doesn't really know how he feels. Right. So it's tapping into that childhood nostalgia that we all kind of have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I connected it most. That's where I connected most with the movie. So I totally get what you're saying. I think that the way that this movie especially now now that you brought that up with haikus and seasons this movie definitely does feel like a living haiku yeah which and you see sorry you go oh i was just gonna say which is made up of several haikus talking about summer talking about Mm -hmm. how beautiful how fleeting summer is Mm -hmm. and then summer stands in for other things friendship love Mm -hmm. um and it also revels in like cycles of death and rebirth because like you see this wonderful blossoming relationship between smile and cherry that's very young and very innocent Mm -hmm. but that's also paralleled with um another main member or figure in the whole in the story especially later on is uh, Mr. Fujiyama, mm-hmm. who his romance and his partner, too, at the time, too, really reflect a lot of aspects about our main two leads in a way that's just really gorgeous yeah. and lovely. Yeah, they are definitely splitting images of their counterparts because Cherry and Fujiyama, they both love their haikus and the thing about fujiyama that's another plot point that goes into smile and cherry's summer they have to help fujiyama find this record and Mm -hmm. i i thought it was so interesting that for cherry he has these headphones and no music to listen to right and for Fujiyama, it's quite the opposite. I need that music. Mm-hmm. Cherry just doesn't want to interact with the world, but Fujiyama's like, I need that music. Can we talk? Because so yeah, they're both poets, or they're both trying to express something through haiku, right? And you get to see their different approaches to those, uh, to that poetic form. And for Cherry, you know, he's very um, isolated, maybe a bit introspective, but doesn't really know how to 
manifest certain words or feelings. But with Mr. Fujiyama, like one of the earliest scenes that we see in the movie is him outside, like looking out in the environment with the backdrop of the mall. Right. So his is a very observational, taking everything into consideration. And it causes for some of like the most powerful connecting scenes because we go later on to that moment where Cherry is giving his first performance of um, his haiku. And even though it's really small, when he sets back down after saying what he said, um, it's Mr. Fujiyama that notices uh, Smile and her other sisters, you know, staring at them and watching from a distance. And it seems, I mean, Fujiyama, having lived his life, I think he really saw that bit of himself and Cherry, and he said, I want this boy to have what I had. To get, to get that confidence to share your poetry because for Cherry, he has the equivalent, that world's equivalent to Twitter and that's where he posts his high oh, yeah. yeah. That's, I think it was really sweet that his mom was the only one. Yes, like, that, was you know, so that was very sweet. sweet. Yeah, but like it annoyed him a little bit. So, you know, you remember he is a teenager. So he's like, yeah. come on, mom, stop liking my haikus <laughs> on fake Twitter. So yeah, so like the first third of the movie is them, you know, we're getting introduced to different characters. We're getting introduced to the landscape and the atmosphere, which I think is an important step to like, you know, delve deeper into these characters and their relationship. And then the second part would be the uh, them looking for the record, right? Mm-hmm. Them looking for Fujiyama's record. Yeah. So due to some circumstances i don't think they could they had enough people to help that day um cherry and smile have to take mr fujiyama back to his home Mm -hmm. and it's through that that they go inside his record shop that they find and he sits on the counter they go in and they're you know they're learning more about this man in his past and that's where they decide where it's like Let's let's help him look for this record because at some point while they're like talking and exploring the small record shop, um, he has some kind of reaction. I, I'm not really sure how to describe. It. We don't really get a definitive understanding of, you know, Mr. Fujiyama's condition. I would just say he got sick. He got sick, yeah. And so we see his daughter rush in, and then she puts him down, and then she fills these two teenagers. And about the you know the significance of that record a sleeve that he carries. The first thing that I thought when I was watching this, when I was watching these two work together, was oh, to be young again. Mm-hmm. Because there's just something about being fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. You're you're going through a lot. But you also still have some innocence about you. And that's really what carried this movie, like, make their relationship work. They weren't these emotionally battered people. They, they're they just, you know, we're, we're kids. We don't have anything major going on. We're just growing up. And we found someone who we're fond of, who we want to spend our time with and and each other 
But yeah, I don't think I would have had such a strong response to this movie if it just didn't feel like summer. I know that's a very generic thing to say. Yeah. But no, not, there's the uh, But yeah, there's um saying that a lot makes me think of Childish Gambino's music video for Feels Like Summer. And to where it's like it's very nostalgic and like reminiscent, but also a little uh dire because it you know, there's some undertones of like uh global warming and all that that happens into it. But for this movie specifically, I feel like the colors uh, in this movie were so wonderful and like brilliant, especially the uses or the use of like purple and blue in like certain spots or like for shading, but more so like in certain backdrops of scenes. Um, I don't know. I feel like if someone made a montage of just some of those backdrops, it'd be a wonderful video just to watch and sit back to. Yeah, definitely. And Honestly, I think my favorite my favorite backdrop is just them walking across that path. Yes, they walk it so much, mm-hmm. and like you and and the shot from a like a lower angle to where they're like their heads are kind of cut off. I say shot like it's an actual camera. Like the cinematography focuses like from below their heads, so it's just kind of them, and you get the sense of like them slowly uh, getting more comfortable with one another. They're yeah. treading the same paths. You know, there's a lot of strong visual metaphor in this whole movie, and I think that's what really ties it together for me. Yes, honestly, I I think that I would have to agree with you on that. I think body language is definitely a thing that some shows and movies take advantage of, but others don't. This one definitely does. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with the colors. I mean, when cherry gets shy he literally turns red he does yes and like you said the them getting closer like how they walked on separate paths and then they start walking on the same path mm-hmm. that we see so many times during that movie and it, it, it clues you into how they're feeling emotionally in certain scenes because later on when um after a uh, smile breaks the record and they're, you know, they're kind of things are kind of a little shaky. They're not really communicating. I mean, they had issues before, but it just kind of like exemplified here. Mm-hmm. And she walks in front of him, and she just continues walking, and he stops when they're on that same path. And she, she just she just keeps going forward, and it's just a little heartbreaking. Oh yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Everything, honestly. I mean, this is a solid nine point four. For me out of 10 again like i know I, like, like i said it's a solid a movie i think it does so much right i think that it handles relationships well especially for like teenagers because um here's another thing i really liked about this characterization of cherry um his poetry is fun and it's nice but it's definitely like what a what a teenager would write mm-hmm. and you know, i'm guilty of this too <laughs> but it's but we see like the poem build out through the whole movie right that's yeah. that's what makes it feel so earned at the end that's what makes it feel earnest and like this wonderful little thing and his confession at the end too with like the fireworks behind him Perfect. or in front of him yeah and she's not even looking at them she's looking at him too mm-hmm. or you know this scene has been redone rehashed re like in, in almost every romance anime or anime that deals with romance or friendship but it's it's the specifics and these relationships that really make it feel fresh every time. I don't know. 
That's why like tropes and cliches are only bad in like the wrong hands or born yeah. in the wrong hands. Yeah, no, the way that they executed that was so perfect, especially just the again, the way that the movie looks, the animation, the way that the way that she looks at him mm-hmm. with that fireworks backdrop. It's it's just so good. Everything everything about this movie is so good. I, you saying that, um in like the past five or so years I've been getting more and more into art specifically like in the like animated movies and anime specifically because like it it's so nice and refreshing to watch that when most of like mainstream uh, film especially here in the u.s uh, within like the past decade or so has tried to go harder with like the realism mm-hmm. and just trying to make everything look more gritty and dirty and it's just so nice to see something that actually cares and has more texture than just that Absolutely. I don't think I have anything. I uh, Again, all I can say over and over and over again is please watch words bubble up like soda pop. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice, well-drawn bath for you. Just kind of soak in. By the time you realize it, 90 minutes have passed. It's like you're <sighs> pruny, but you don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so good. Well, yeah, that's that's all I got. You got anything else you want to say? No, so it's definitely one I'll be rewatching. Absolutely, I wish that Netflix jail wasn't a thing, so we could get Blu-rays of. Oh my god! A lot of these. I honestly, I've been wanting a Little Witch Academia Blu-ray for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But oh, that'd be such a good gift for my little sister. She uh, loves that. Yeah, I also want the uh, the uh, shiny rod. I want a tattoo of that. Because mm-hmm. it's just so perfect, but that's neither here nor there. If it ever does get released from Netflix jail, I sincerely hope that we can both buy it and then just have can it consider that, yeah. Have it proudly in our collections. Mm-hmm. Streaming's really cool and convenient, but you know, I always worry about accessibility of certain media, especially ones that I care about. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I don't know. Just for me, owning physical media is the best it's nice yeah Yeah. well collector's guilt or collector's pleasure (laughs) um i just want like a legal way to acquire some movies that i I really just want to watch in hand yeah i get that for sure Mm -hmm. but brother yeah i have been your host gpc and I have been joined by my best friend, Andrew. If you want to hit me up on social media, you can do so on Instagram at AnimeAlphaGoat. Or you can email at ouranimehome at gmail.com. And yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you, Andrew. And I've enjoyed delivering this good message to the good people. I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me. Any day, any day. So again, that's all we've got, and we are out.